What's going on, everybody? This is the Opie Radio Podcast. I'm in New York City on my way to meet a good friend of mine, Kelly Lynn, who is a comedian, a teacher, a star of many viral videos that we did together. And she's also a widow. And she has written a book about her experience being a widow. So we're going to talk to her in just a bit here. I met Kelly many years ago. She was a fan of my radio shows. I was turned on to her videos, and I saw a person that had literally no sense of embarrassment, funny as all hell. A light bulb went off in my head. I thought to myself, oh my God, I could use her for my street videos. We got together. Man, did we make some damn good videos. Really messing with the people of New York City. Really messing with uh, what's real and what's fake. Her most viral video was the one we did at McDonald's a few years back where she was ordering all sorts of stuff at the counter, putting Mick in front of everything. And it was the first video we did together. And I said to her, man, we need an ending for this damn thing. I said, why don't you, as you're leaving the counter, just fall in front of everybody and yell out, I've McFallen. Thinking nothing of it, thinking, you know, this would be a good ending to uh, the video. I posted it online. The thing did just okay, nothing special, but people definitely dug the video, and I forgot about it, and then we ended up doing a whole bunch of other videos, and one day, I saw that my original video was getting a ton of new views, and after a little research, I found out that someone posted just a part where she fell and said, I've McFallen on Vine, and the thing went pretty much as viral as you, as you could get. One of my social media guys has estimated that that thing has been watched over a hundred million times. So I'm uh, walking actually up to the McDonald's where we did that infamous video to talk to Kelly for a little while on this week's OB Radio podcast. Pew, pew, pew. Kelly Wynn, hanging out with the homeless. Hanging out with the homeless. Hello. You fit right in with the homeless. I fit right in with the homeless. What's going on? How are you? We're already podcasting. We are? This is what I do now. Woohoo! You go on the street like a homeless man? Yeah. I used to be like this big radio star. Now I walk around with this contraption and bother people. That's okay. I'm 46 and I live with my parents. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing at that. That's so sad. It's fucking sad. Now this is the McDonald's where we did the famous video. Yes, it is. What do you think? What do you think being back to this spot? I'm having bad memories. Are you really? <laughs> Flashbacks. I was just setting this up and trying to explain to the people, like, we got together, started doing street videos, yep. and I remember we were wandering around that day. It was the first time we were filming together, and we went into McDonald's, and, you know, I forgot, wasn't there something, some kind of Mick... It was a McLobster. A McLobster that was... Uh, that they were selling, and we were mocking that, yeah. because that's ridiculous, that there would be a lobster at McDonald's. Yeah. So you went up to the counter, and I'm like, we, we both decided, okay, I'm just going to order everything with Mick in front of it. Right. Thinking that would like, be kind of a funny video and a good start to our uh, relationship, making yeah. making uh, street videos. Yeah, and the th- whole thing at the end of me falling down was just something we randomly threw in at the end. Well, I said, setting this up, I'm like... That was supposed to be the video, like you just being an idiot at the counter, saying Mick this, Mick that, Mick fuck you, Mick 
go right. fuck your mother, whatever. And then I, we were like, we really need an ending to this. Remember, right. we were pacing, like, yeah. how do we end this dumb thing? Right. And I'm then like, we, oh, what if we just, what if I just fall down and right. I say, oh, I've McFallen. Right. That'll be dumb. And I'm like, perfect. You did it. I got a huge reaction in the store. Everyone was laughing. And I and think. no one helped me. Not one person. No, no one helped me up. Yeah. Yeah. Your they sh- just laughed at your, me. Your shit was all over the floor. Yeah. And my ass was hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> and then I posted the thing going, wow, that was pretty funny, you know? I think me and her got something. We could do a few more of these. Thinking nothing of it. Um, it did okay. It wasn't getting many views, but it wasn't... It didn't suck. It was probably... It probably did about 100,000 views, which, yeah. is, which is very which is decent. Pretty good. And then it died on the vine. And then... And this w- was in 2010. Was it really? Yeah. 2010? 2010 is when we did that video, and I know that because my husband was still alive. He saw that video. He did see that yeah, one. Yeah, that was, that was the only one he saw. That was the only one he saw? Yeah, yeah, because he died in 2011, and we did the, all the others after he died. No, we, yeah? we went another two years without doing any? No, it was like in 2010, we went like six months without doing any. He died yeah. in the middle of 2011. Oh, that's that's hilarious, Kelly. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but the, so anyway, then like out of nowhere, I saw the views on the original video after it was dead in the water for a year or two. The, all of a sudden, the views started spiking, and and we try, we me and you were trying to figure it out, and then it turned out someone just took the I've McFallen clip and put it on Vine, and the thing went as viral as viral could be. Stole it, basically stole it from our YouTube thing, gave us no credit, didn't mention our names anywhere on the thing, and pretended it was theirs, and their copy of it went viral on their page. And then they took my original video and reposted it, trying to claim that they were the ones that filmed uh, the I've McFallen video. I mean, people are just terrible out there, especially in the viral video world. And uh, I have a social media guy. He told me that he estimates that video has been viewed over 100 million times. No way. Uh, over 100 million times. And what did we get? Nothing. We got absolutely nothing. Nothing. I, I I'm didn't... in my parents' basement. <laughs> <laughs> and you're on the fucking street in front of McDonald's. Awesome. If you grow your beard anymore, you'll be like the David Letterman, I don't give a shit beard. Right. Oh, I had that. I actually, you did. this is a trimmed version you of trimmed that. You trimmed it. Yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah, I gotta. Why don't we keep walking? Because okay. I mean, we could go to McDonald's, but that's just stupid. It is stupid. So and it's loud in there. No, he estimated it's it's at least a hundred million views across all the platforms. It's park benches over there. No, no, no. Where? No, right there. Is that too much? Too trafficy? Too loud? What, right you, there. You just want. All right, we'll it's hang there. Full park benches. We can sit. Is your life that bad that you want to hang out in traffic? No. Kelly's pointing to this, these benches in the middle of Broadway. Next to, next to two homeless guys. No, they're all packed. Follow me. Okay. You. Where are we going? The Ritz? I thought you were doing better with your grieving. <laughs> Way better. If you want, I could I could take us to Columbus Circle and you could jump to your death. Yes, let's do that. That would be a great ending to this podcast. No, so uh, he estimated uh, over 100 million views across all the platforms. You know, Vine. YouTube, Facebook, Snapchat. It went everywhere. That's crazy. And I was showing million. I was showing my wife the other day. And the amount of remixes, people came up with songs. Yes. Yeah, there was like a, all these remixes. It was the thing went mental. My students, my college students were in love with the thing. Yeah. Like they told me about it. Oh, yeah. That it went viral. Yeah, cuz it like I said it just sat there and then next thing you know, that's right, I forgot about that. So you were teaching and your students were coming up going, uh, Kelly, uh, I don't, this video that you did is like everywhere. They're like, is this you? This is my professor. This is fucking hysterical. They loved it. 
They're passing it around everywhere. Yeah, no, the thing was uh, ridiculous. Check it out for yourself. It's I've McFallen. Have you been recognized because of that video? Yes. Like everywhere? Not everywhere, but randomly. Right. <laughs> what are you doing making a fat girl walk while talking? Yeah, you're, you're, you're out of breath. I am. Let's take care of that, Kelly. I'm less fat. I noticed that. <laughs> Looking good. I'm less fat than before. We're only going over there. Yay. I'm less fat. I, yeah. I can't walk any slower. <laughs> All right. I can't walk any slower, Kelly. I know. It's sad. It's very sad. I'm not used to this. You're not used to walking? <laughs> New York City walking. <laughs> New York City walking. All Where right. are we going? We're, there's a little park over here. Did you? <laughs> we're literally, we're, we've walked a half a block. I know. It's very sad. But it's sunny and hot. <laughs> I should be filming this. This could be our next viral video. No. All right. That would not be good. All right. I'm literally not moving anymore. <laughs> You are too. I'm barely moving. You're making me look bad. <laughs> All, right. All right, I'm gonna let you catch your breath. See the park? That's where we're going. That's a park. It's the smallest park in New York City. All right. This uh, park was in a, in a in a terrible movie called Little Manhattan that I saw. Never heard of it. Seventy-one in Latin. It's, I can't say that word in Latin. Septuaga. Septuaga. I can't either. You're a teacher. I don't teach Sept- fucking Spanish. Septagesimo Uno, meaning 71 in Latin, is located on 71st Street between West End and Amsterdam Avenue. This parkland lies within the area settled following the commissioner's really, plan of 1811. This is I'm fucking do- riveting. I'm doing this to help you out so you can catch your breath, Kelly. Okay, I caught it. I'm, okay. really, I'm really smart at this type of thing. <laughs> New York City Mayor DeWitt Clinton who was the mayor from 1769-1828, created the commission which was charged with planning the orderly development of Manhattan north of... Okay, (laughs) good enough. enough. All right, she's got her breath. Daddy got her breath back. See, now we could go in the back of this really, really tiny park. This is a park, believe it or not. This is perfect. I haven't seen you in a while. So (laughs) so then, we should talk about the... um, the other videos we did too, so There's you know, like eight or nine of them easily, and Not I don't, much. I don't know why I'm not doing uh, videos with you anymore. Because I don't live here anymore. I know you moved to Massachusetts and you're living with your parents. <laughs> you're from Massachusetts originally, right? Yeah, Groton, Mass, which is a tiny little town, which you have no reason to know about. I, I heard of it when I was up there living. You really? It's near New Hampshire. I lived in Wellesley, Massachusetts. Ooh, rich and wealthy. I wasn't rich, though. That, I, I hate telling people that I lived in Wellesley up in Massachusetts because that's exactly what they isn't say. Isn't that womanly also? Like a, wasn't that like a woman? Yeah, well, uh, well Hillary Clinton went to Yes, uh, that's what it is, I'm thinking Wellesley of. College, yeah. right? But no, I found a rental up there that was just a shithole across from the high school. It was nothing special, but yeah, there's a lot of money in Wellesley, Massachusetts. Yeah, this, this was like way back in the day. Way back when I was uh, crushing in uh, radio in Boston and making absolutely yeah, making absolutely no money thanks to Bruce Mittman. But you're not bitter. No, not at all. It's good that you're not bitter. Well, that's why. Well, that's why I got myself fired because you know I loved being up there and I loved WAF. But I, I didn't love the fact that we were crushing and making no money, and then everyone else was uh, kind of nipping at our heels. So I'm like, oh, let's get ourselves fired, move to New York, and become radio stars. And guess what? That's exactly what happened. Fuck you, Bruce Mitten. <laughs> That's the title of this podcast. Yeah, fuck you, Bruce Mitten. I think I, I screwed up uh, saying fuck you, Bruce Mitten, but whatever. So then, <laughs> then me and you... Um, Can you edit it? <laughs> I try not to edit these things. Uh, here and there we edit, but not a lot. We try to What's ke- going to happen to you? How can it get any worse? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so true. What am I doing? 
Um, so anyway, uh, after the McFarlane video at McDonald's, we're like, that was, that's a pretty good video. And, you know, like the rest is history as we discussed already. Yep. But then we decided to start doing other videos. And honestly, my favorite to this day is the, the Bacon Sunday. Is it really? See, I, I think that's that thing. the dumbest thing and everybody loves it. Right. Everybody. Yeah, explain that one. So I'm in Burger King this time because right. I got to hit all the fast food joints. And uh, there was a bacon sundae. That's a real thing. Like the McLobster was a real thing. Right. So we mocked that too. And I basically ordered a bacon sundae and had an orgasm eating it basically. Right. You know, like, this is so fucking right. good. Oh, my God. And just screaming yeah. at, to nobody like a lunatic. You pretty much did a when Harry met Sally yes. Uh, thing. Yes. Remember that day we were wandering around trying to find a Burger King? Yes, yes. And, and they were really on to us. And I was, uh, I was like, in a booth, <laughs> like, trying to hide my camera and zooming in on you as you were just losing your mind uh, by yourself. And that was another one where the original intention of the video was completely different because originally I was supposed to be talking to the people, other customers yeah. and going insane. But everywhere we went, there was nobody there. So yeah. you were like, fuck it. Just talk to yourself. It'll yeah. be funnier. Yeah. And then do you remember what happened in that video too, right? Remind me, please. Well, it's done really well on my YouTube channel. Oh, it channel. went to Japan or something, right? Uh, Some Japanese channel bought it or something? I, I, I sold it to a uh, Japanese game show. I mean, when I say sold, we didn't make money off yeah. that, as you know. Yeah. But uh, what happened was it did well on my, my channel, Opie Radio, on YouTube. <laughs> um, but stupid Perez Hilton stole the video. Do you remember this? Yes. I vaguely remember this now and, that you mention it. And he put it on his Facebook page, and it did millions of views on yes. his Facebook page. And he literally put it up there like it was his. Yeah. Like he came up with this thing. And I wrote him really nice, like, yo, Perez, what the F? You know, yeah. at, at the least you could do did it. Did you know him? Like as a no, person? No, no, not at all. I go, at the, the least you could do is give me, you know, credit yeah. or us credit. For, well, no, I, I want to explain that. Give me credit because I didn't want to... I didn't want to give the the joke away that 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 we were doing these together. Right. Even though a lot of people are like, hey man, why is the same girl in all your videos? And I play dumb, like, what are you talking about, right. man? It's just another crazy lunatic I found on the streets. Right. Is she mentally ill? Right. And I gave you, you know, I give you a lot of uh, props for being patient, but I knew at the time if we gave away the joke, it wouldn't. It wouldn't work anymore. It wouldn't work. So you had to be frustrated because you're yeah. you're seeing all these uh, videos doing really really well, but you couldn't really capitalize on it. But my thought was. We give it away, then there would be nothing to capitalize on because then everyone's like, "Oh, this is just an actress," right? You know, right? So, and every and everybody was arguing about: Is she an actress? Is she not? Right. Is this a plant? Is it not? And yeah. that was making the videos get more views because yeah. of all the freaking arguments yeah. in the comments. Right. So it was great. Um, so Perez Hilton posts it. I reach out to him really nicely, like, "Come on, dude, this this isn't your video. Just right. give me credit," you know. And what did I get for that? He blocks me on all his social media. Yeah, that's what the guy on Vine did too. That stole the McFarlane. Really? Yes, he blocked me when I when I went to him and said like, "Stole this, give us credit." Right. He blocked me. Unbelievable. And he's probably like a sixteen-year-old kid. Yeah, exactly. So that's the sad part. He's got millions now from that video, probably. Right. I, I I talk to my wife about you a lot because. She knows that's that. That's weird. I got to tell you. <laughs> because I I get off on... Are you in bed and naked when you talk about me <laughs> yes. with your wife? Because this is what people think, by the way. Because I, I, I get off on the fact that, like, I, I don't get embarrassed very easily. Yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do stuff without a camera on the streets and just be an idiot. Yeah. And sometimes my wife's like, oh, my God, stop, you know? And uh, whatever. But I would come home and just say, this Kelly girl is so fucking funny... 
and she has no shame. She she doesn't get embarrassed. You would do things yeah. where I'm like, oh my god, I know this is great a uh, great video, but I, I I would start cringing. Cringing, yeah. You know what it's because that's my favorite kind of comedy. Like you, you know, you love that too. Yeah, just cringeworthy and just making other people totally uncomfortable. Because yeah. I'm not uncomfortable. I think it's freaking hysterical. Uh, uh, you were never uncomfortable. No, I really and some wasn't. Some of the things you want to do, I'm like, man, I don't even, I don't even know if I could do this. Right, right. You know, we we did the famous uh, making fun of the. Pumpkin spice latte yes. in Times Square. Yes, and then that naked chick was next to me with the paint all over right. her body. And so that got a ton of views. And what I loved about it, she's like, "Is this real?" That's what I always wanted was people to go, "Wait, is this real?" Yeah. You know, I I, I wasn't saying it was real, but yeah. I wasn't saying it was fake. I wanted like the people to go, "Wait, is this real?" Yeah. The conflict and the conversation yeah. kept going. And constantly. in that video, people were like, "This is wait, this can't be real." And they're so confused. And then at the end of that video, as you're walking away, basically in Times Square. I had Kelly. Uh, well, we came up with a lot of these together. There was like I, nine I, videos we did, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wanted you to uh, get a dumb pumpkin spice latte because everyone loses their <laughs> right. minds over the pumpkin over spice pumpkin. lattes, and I wanted you to just spill it in yeah. the middle of a crowd and just lose your mind, like, oh my god, I can't believe I, you know, I don't have my pumpkin spice latte anymore, right. and you're scooping it up <laughs> off the ground, and yeah, and this lady who has her boobs out painted, uh, which they do in Times Square for money. She's like, what the hell is going All confused, and then you, you carry on, and then you walk off camera. Right. And then I'm just filming everybody else as they're like, what the hell just happened? Right. And that's what that's what we love doing together. Absolutely, and that kept happening in most of our videos where something like completely unpredictable would happen in the middle of the video. Right. Like the one with the escalator yeah. where the person fell right yeah. on camera yeah. right yeah. in front of yeah. me. Yeah. Remember that? Uh, of course I And know. then that got a ton of views because people were like, what's that plan? Did you plant that person who fell? Right. I, I should mention in the uh, description of this podcast, there's a link to all of Kelly Lynn's uh, videos on my YouTube channel, Opie Radio. But she's talking about the uh, revolving door yes. one. Yes, yes. Where you were like this crazy lady in front of a revolving uh, I was a terrified uh, of revolving door. doors. Sorry, automatic door. Uh, <laughs> and just confused how it works and yeah. scared shitless to go into the, the store. I loved that one. That, that makes me laugh thinking about it. That one was funny as hell. And, and people turned that one into a meme. Yes, they I did. I don't know how many. That views. one ended up on like BuzzFeed top ten lists and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, I don't even know how many uh, views that one did because that just turned to, into a meme that everyone was sharing. They were sharing literally a two second part of that video. Yes. And, yeah. And that went everywhere without us getting credit. Yeah, and sometimes the very end with me going up the escalator, like hanging on, yeah. that part went viral too on its own. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't see that one. That part ended up on all these lists about phobias and stuff. No kidding. Yeah, it was crazy. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this special episode of Opie Radio. And when we come back, you'll learn how Ashton Kutcher brought Kelly and I together. But first, I am proud to announce that Talkspace is back. That means you guys are supporting my sponsors and that makes me very, very happy. So thank you very much. So once again... Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company that lets you message a licensed therapist from anywhere at any time. All you need is a computer with internet connection or the Talkspace mobile app. That means you can improve your mental health even if you've had trouble making time for it in the past. I've been in therapy for over 10 years. I still have a therapist, but I also use Talkspace. That's right. Can't imagine fitting anything else into your life? Well, with Talkspace, therapy is as easy as sending your therapist a message, get something off your chest whenever you need to, talk about everyday challenges at work or at home, just chat about life. There are no extra commutes, no leaving the office, and no judgments. 
Remember that therapy isn't just about venting your innermost thoughts or digging into childhood memories. It's also about practical everyday strategies for stress management and living a happier life. Having a therapist simply provides you a designated person for you to talk to who is trained to listen and help you make positive changes. The Talkspace platform has over 2,000 licensed therapists who are experienced in addressing life's challenges we all face. To match with a perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, all you have to do is go to Talkspace.com slash Opie. That's Talkspace.com slash Opie. Use the code Opie, O-P-I-E, to get $45 off your first month and show your support for this very show. Seems like you guys are doing it because Talkspace is back with the program. So thank you very much. That's Talkspace.com slash Opie. Talkspace.com slash Opie. Opie Radio. When I met you and we started doing these things, I had no doubt that these videos would just crush. And it's also crazy how we met. Do you remember how we how we even started I, talking? I, well, I, I'm not sure. I can tell you if well, you'd like. Well, I think I, I think I reached out to you because of the Maggie Bubbles video. No, it wasn't that Maggie wasn't Bubbles. That? It was Ashton Kutcher. Oh, my God. Do wait, you remember? Wait, does it remember? Uh, no, keep going. So I did this really stupid video in me talking into the camera sitting in my bedroom. And it was about, why does Ashton Kutcher have so many followers on Twitter? He says nothing. All he says is, I'm getting a cup of coffee. And he has like 41 million view, you know, t- right. uh, followers. Because he had the most amount of followers on Twitter at the time, like of anyone yeah. on earth. Yeah. And so I was like baffled by that. I'm like, this guy says nothing. He just says like, I'm hungry. And he gets, you know. Yeah. And, and you, you saw that video because I followed you on Twitter. You weren't even following me yet on Twitter, but I was like a fan of your show and everything for years, me and my brother. And so I sent it to you, I think. I tweeted it to you. Yeah, yeah. And you were like, this is hysterical. And then you followed me and you sent me a DM and told me how funny it was. And then you posted it. And then Ashton Kutcher retweet, retweeted it. Right. I, and it I, went nuts. Everybody hating me, all his fans, all right. these 14-year-old girls. This bitch, I hate her. We love Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> right. It turned into this war of us and Ashton Kutcher. And now I totally remember. And, and my side of that, then I started <laughs> I started making fun of Ashton Kutcher probably because of you. Because yeah. this guy has, the, like you said, the most followers at the time and he was saying nothing. You were already making fun of him, yeah. which is why I sent it to you. I was like, oh, Opie oh, will okay. think this is funny. Okay. So it, I sent it to you thinking you would like it and you did and you retweeted it. It always drove me nuts, these people that had so many followers and they were doing nothing, nothing. with their social media. Right. And then... Uh, and then Ashton Kutcher reached out to me, and he's like, I forgot exactly the tweet, but he got me good. He goes, yo, Ope, you mad, bruh? Or something like that. And I, I had to write back and go, yeah, I kind of am. <laughs> yeah, I'm jealous, Ashton, of your success. And right. I'm like, hey, why don't you start following me? And he just ignored me, but yeah. wh- whatever. Right. But yeah, that video led me to going to your YouTube channel. I'm yes. Like, this chick is making some weird-ass <laughs> videos that are funny. There was a Maggie Bubbles Maggie thing. Bubbles. That's That one gave me the idea. I'm like... I mean, no offense. It's a it's a great video on its own, but then yeah. then my stupid vision and my creativity. I'm like, oh my god, I could take that yeah. and turn it into other things and right. spin into some other stuff. And right. that's and that's how uh, it evolved that we got together, started doing these things. Yeah, yeah. And the McDonald's one was the very first one right. that we did. And then we did the. Um, my favorite was the Wall Street. Uh, Occupation Wall Street. Yeah. Which one though? We did like three or four down there. The original one, where they got all the newsworthy articles and stuff written about us because people thought we were like making fun of Democrats, which we kind of were, but we were just making fun of everybody. Yeah. 
where oh, I was say a that plant in the protest. Could you say that again? Because people are like, oh, you're a libtard. Right. Oh, I, I try to make fun of both sides. Right. And during the, op- um, during the occupation Wall Street, I thought it was so ridiculous that, yeah, we went down there just to totally goof on the whole situation. Yeah. And so they were all down there hanging out, protesting, and um, people in sleeping bags. And it was just a giant mess. And so we planted me. In, as part of that protest, and I went around with a bunch of signs that were just ridiculous, you know. Um, you know, this protest is lamer than my pussy. Just yeah. lame shit. <laughs> yeah. And it was hysterical. And then part, my favorite part was there was a meditation circle, and I started ruining it by yeah. singing in the middle of it. And they were trying to be silent. And uh, well, yeah. let, me, let me explain that because I'm into meditation and yeah. yoga uh, thanks to my wife. <laughs> right. And I'm sitting there. I'm... Th- a lot of times when I would film you, even though I was so into it, I'd be, I, I would be cringing so much. I'm like, how far can I get away from her and still zoom in where it's not shaky cam? Because I'm like, oh, my God, the balls on this chick. So there was a group meditation. There had to be close to 100 people probably. Yeah, yeah definitely. And you had snacks. And, and you planted yourself right in the middle. It's, it's completely quiet. You can hear some of the traffic in New York City. But in this area of the park, it was, it was com- not a sound. And all of a sudden, you start singing. Uh, all we are saying is give peace a chance. And all of a sudden, you see these guys in deep meditation, like opening their eye or their one eye and looking at you and turning their head like, what the F is going on? And then you started bugging the, the woman right next to you that was meditating, offering her snacks yeah. in the middle of her meditation. I'm Tapping like, her on the shoulder. I'm like, I have snacks. Yeah. I wanted to hide she as was I so was filming pissed. that. Right. Oh, yeah. She was so pissed. And th- there was a guy in the corner laughing his ass off and trying not to. Yeah. Because he was trying to meditate and be all serious, yeah. you know. And he's cracking up. He was just dying laughing. He yeah. couldn't help it. Yeah. You know, he was like, what the fuck is going on here? You know, but that was my favorite video. I, and I, that ended up getting on all the Republican websites like FoxNews.com picked it up and all these things because they loved it because right. they thought we were mocking you know, the liberals, which we kind of were, but... See, I, I love when my shit gets attention, but I, I've yeah. always... I don't know why, but I've always downplayed our, our videos. I mean, so many of them went viral they and did. into these crazy-ass places. They really did. And then you had to move to Massachusetts <laughs> and ruin everything <laughs> Kelly Lynn. God forbid you were broke and had to go back to mommy and daddy. I couldn't fucking function here anymore. That sucks. Oh, it was well, like five years, you know, of trying to function, and I just couldn't do it anymore. One other, one other video I do want to mention is uh, when the Ebola scare was happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We went on the subway, and you had, like, uh, garbage bags and all sorts of stuff. I had that, a mask on my face. Yeah, trying to protect yourself from the Ebola virus. And we're in the middle of a packed train, and I remember saying to you, Kelly, I don't know if I could do this one. Because, I mean, people on subway trains are dead serious, and they're always looking at everyone else wondering, don't take my fucking picture. What, what are you video something? Something? And I'm like, I don't know if I could do this. But yeah, then you were trying to hide. and Well, then you just said, fuck it. I'm going to do this no matter what. Yeah. And then I was obligated to turn my camera on, and one lady's looking at me like, you're with her. She's getting all mad. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. That lady's crazy, and yeah. i got to film this. Yeah. And, uh, and, and you're just like carrying on that you're going to get the Ebola virus and everyone's trying to calm me down on the subway. You played it off so well all those times though, I got to say. You were always so subtle in the corner with your little camera and you, you, nobody noticed you. It was like you had this way of just finding little corners and somehow filming everything. No, that was me trying to hide. Yeah, I know, I'm, but hiding, but like not being noticed yeah. and also getting the footage somehow. Well, well you had you had the tough part. I mean, I, yeah. would, I would come up with some of these ideas on my own then we would come up with ideas together but then you had to pull it off. And yeah. we never made a, a, a bad video. 
video. Everything yeah. we ever filmed, I, I put online. There yeah. wasn't one time I'm like, ah, that sucked. Let's try something else. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We, we, they were all really, really funny. Really funny. Um, and you didn't get any money for it. No, I got I didn't like, get, well, I, you, well, you paid me a little bit. I paid you. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say I made you rich, but I wasn't. No. But the sad part is when you had these viral videos, people yeah. think, you know, all of a sudden you get rich. And right. it's simply not true. No, it's not true at all. So I, I would. Even I, if you're, a, um, what do you call it, a, like a YouTube member, which I am too on my channel, you know, like you get money for ads on your YouTube videos. What, what's your channel? make a lot of money. No. It's uh, kellyfunnylady.com. Yeah. But you don't make hardly anything. It's like a penny or something, well, for, and it's only if people click on the ads. Well, there's uh, yeah, but there are YouTube stars making millions. There but, are, but those are the people that literally every video they post, they're they're getting a million views. Yep. You know, week after week yep. after week, that, and that's know. literally their life. Yeah, that's all they do. Yeah, because I mean, if you could make that much money doing yeah. it, why would you do anything else? It'd be fantastic. So, I, so I want to walk. Then in. we could afford to not sit on a bench right now. <laughs> Actually, have a studio and do this. Well, hopefully, I could sell a few of your books. So, God, awesome. where do we go? So, where do we go from here? Well, I mean, so I met you finally. We did the McDonald's video. Yep. In that time of meeting you and then doing other videos after that, your husband died. Right. Yeah, it was uh, 2011 in July of that year, and it was a completely sudden, random heart attack. No symptoms or anything. He left for work one morning, never came home, basically. And he was a paramedic, right? He was a paramedic, so he saved other people from heart attacks like every day and multiple other things. So there was literally no sign of anything wrong. Like, he was the healthiest person I knew. Way healthier than me, you know? So I would, I'm the one who should have fucking had a heart attack, not him. So, yeah, it was he, crazy. he died on the way to work? He died at uh, PetSmart, actually, which is completely random. He, on his days off from work, he volunteered at PetSmart uh, for cat and dog adoptions because he loved animals. So he died there. He, they found him on the floor in one of the aisles as he was, like, petting kittens and dogs and oh shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. It's fucking sad. That's literally how he died. Yeah. So, like, the one day he wasn't at work on an ambulance is when he had the heart attack and because it, they call it the widow maker the kind of heart attack he had because it takes you like in an instant and there's no warning of any kind you just drop and you're gone and um, so they say that uh, if he had been on the ambulance he might have been saved because there's like a five minute window for saving that kind of heart attack and getting treatment for it so by the time the ambulance came it was too late he was gone how many times does that play out in your head uh, like only a million no kidding. only every day no kidding yeah yeah do, do you hate kittens and I was asleep no I have two of them because that's because we adopted them together <laughs> I'm kidding sorry I'm such an asshole <laughs> you are an asshole that's why I love you so <laughs> Um, by the way, when I'm in bed with my boyfriend, I think about you all the time. You got a boyfriend? I do. Congratulations. Yeah. It's about fucking time. I know. Well, it's been seven years since he died. We can talk about that, too, the dating experiences oh, I've had. No, I want to talk about all hysterical. of it. So, so basically, what kind of guy was your husband, though? Um, he was literally the kindest, nicest person I knew in my life. Like, he was so friggin' amazing and funny. He had, like, a sick sense of humor like me. He loved all the humor that, you know, that we love. Um, he, he was just so kind. Like, he'd give you the shirt off his back, that kind of person. If he had $10, he'd give me the $10 and say, you know, don't worry about me. I'll get lunch somewhere else at work. Right. He was just so fucking awesome, you know, just an awesome person. And I know you guys had a great relationship. Yeah. How, how old was he? 46. Aye. Yeah. Aye. Yeah, that seems to be the age. It's like a popular age for men to die of heart attacks, apparently. Right. Or, or you make it to 74. Yeah. 
to me, the the age seventy four is the one. When you see people that you know, celebrities or whatever in your own life, people yep. that die, that number seventy four comes up a lot. Yeah, that was the that, age. And of- so does forty six. Really, re- it really does. Yeah, it really does. And I'm forty six now, which is totally freaking me out. I'm like, I'm the same age he was when he died. Every day, I'm like, what if I randomly die today? What if I fucking die? And what if today's the day and I don't know it? Like this goes through my head. Constantly, because well, he died at 46. It's well, you, weird. Lo- you lost a lot of weight, though. Are you continuing? Yeah, I did. That's part of the reason I moved to Massachusetts, honestly, because I wasn't financially making it here. I had fucking roommates after he died. I hated it. I hated having roommates. I hated being 46 and having to have roommates again. Um, you know, I was working two and three jobs, directing shows, teaching classes, doing acting, your doing my stand-up. And I wasn't making any money, and I had no health insurance. It was just fucking horrible. So... I was constantly behind, and you know, with him, he would he would like work extra hours so that I could do an audition, so that I could do this and that. So it, that was much harder because I couldn't do anything anymore that I wanted to do, which was the whole reason I was here. Right. So I couldn't afford to do those things. So I was like, "Fuck it, I'm just going to go home." And I was trying to write this book that I had been writing for five years about him and his death and our love story, and I couldn't write it. I couldn't complete it because I had no time. I was working and broke, so. My dad finally said, you know what, why don't you just come stay with us for a while, as long as you need to, and finish the damn book. That's, that's what you need to do. You don't have to pay rent here, you know, and just, you can just relax. So since I did that, which was 16 months ago, I moved back to bumfuck Massachusetts, middle of nowhere. Um, I've, I think I've lost 46 pounds, 45 pounds in 16 months. And my A1C, the diabetes number, went from 6.4 to 5.8. Wow. Yeah, so I'm so- no longer diabetic. Yeah, but you're still breathing heavy as I we know, walk. I know, I know, but it you're was worse. Me. It was way worse, I, though. I, I, well, that was the one thing. Like, years ago, two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, it was way worse. Trust right. me. No, I, I know it's it was. It's gotten better. Because when we would uh, walk around, <laughs> we would walk around trying to figure out where we were going to film some of this stuff. Yeah, you'd always make me walk around. Yeah, I'm I, fucking well, fat, and I'm like, damn it, cause stop I'd, walking. Because I'd be pacing. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, I think we could do something in the church. No, that's yeah. not going to work. The, right. you know, uh, and you walk so fucking fast. Yeah, uh, maybe the subway. No, we'd go up and down the stairs, and you'd be and I'm like, this yeah. girl's great, but if we continue this, I'm going to need like an oxygen tank to roll with her in between takes. But, I'm surprised uh, you didn't kill me. And, you know, I, I do got to I gotta bring it up, man. So Yeah, bring it up. After the McDonald's video, your husband was still alive and then he yeah. died. And then I believe the, the first videos we did after he died uh, was the Occupy Wall Street videos. I think so. And he he died not not that long, you know, before we did those videos. Right. And uh, wow, I'm getting a little emotional. Because it sucks that he never gets to see all that. You know, like I think right. about that all the time because he saw the McDonald's one and he fucking loved it. He right. thought it was hysterical. Like right. literally, he would he would rewind because that was his humor. Like the whole Schadenfreude thing. You know, yeah. other people's misery, people falling down. He fucking loved that shit. Yeah. So he thought that was the funniest thing on earth. I can relate to that man because yeah. I I turned a lot of my life around and my dad never saw any of it. Yes. And it's yes. such a weird feeling. It is a weird feeling. But, but I'm okay with it because I know the type of person my dad was and stuff I know he'd be happy for me and he would be like there you go that's that's yeah. what I was hoping for you and you did it so do you I, think that he knows that you did it like I, do you I, believe that he knows or do you think I, that I, you, I don't I don't know what nothing I, when you die no I don't think you're nothing when you die but I don't think I don't think we could define it in human terms I, yeah I think about uh, your soul I think yeah. about your karma I, I, I think I, I really believe you do move on but in a way that 
humans literally can't understand. Right, your energy. Your, your, en- your energy, energy can't be destroyed. That's what I, you know, that's a fact. And that, so I think the energy goes somewhere and you kind of become part of the universe. But I will say I do feel Dawn with me. Like, I know that's cheesy, but I really do. Like, especially lately. Like, once the horrific pain started to get less over the, you know, the first couple of years, after the first couple of years, I started to feel him more. And now I feel him all the time. It's almost like I don't even think about it. He's, I just know that he's here. Like, I feel like he's here with me. Is he at the foot of the bed while you're having sex yeah. with your boyfriend? Yeah, that, I talk about that in my stand-up. Oh, do you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talk about that. I'm like, is this fucking creepy? We're having a threesome right now with my dead husband. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hilarious. Because that's what I always think about. Like, you know, yeah. people, uh, I hate when... It's usually older relatives. They're like, oh, he's still here. Right. He's watching right. over right. you. I'm like, man, some of the things I do, I yes. hope he's not watching over me. Right. That's what I used to say in the beginning because I'm like, you know, fatty over here coping with food. You know, I'm like, so when I was in the car sitting in the parking garage with a Pepperidge Farm cake and a fork and sobbing, yeah. he fucking saw that? Yeah. And you why know? isn't he slapping the fork out of my hand <laughs> right. so I can make it past 46 years old? Exactly. Stop it, Kelly. But yeah. I do want to say something like... You would break my heart. I would go home to my wife. Like I would, I would be so not confused by you, but I would, I, I would be so sad for you. And um, I mean, I knew you not not well enough, but I, I, I certainly call you a friend. And I would, I would go home, going, man, that Kelly. I don't know how she does it. She like just crushed this video that I know is going to go viral. She's funny as fuck. She's she has no shame, no embarrassment, but pretty much in between us filming, you were almost breaking down sobbing. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, I know this was like an outlet for you to kind of try oh, to get totally over was. get over some of your grief. And I'm like, I, we hugged a lot and, and talked a lot about death and... Uh, and I would go. I would go home feeling kind of helpless that I couldn't help you more. But here's the thing, and this is so just fucking cheesy to say, but it's absolutely true. And I talk about this a little in the book. Actually, I talk about you and the videos and other things I did that were comedic that helped me so much during that time, like getting on stage, doing these silly videos. All this stuff was like that was what was saving me. It was the only time. Literally, the only time when I wasn't thinking about death and thinking about his death and thinking about trauma and all that shit. I wasn't thinking about it because I was focused on doing the video right. or doing the, the stand-up act or whatever. And it was just, especially these videos, though, that we did because they had nothing to do with grief because my stand-up turned into a grief routine half the time, which it still is, which I love doing. But how, at first, is, it was hard. I was going to ask, how is that uh, received by the audience? Are they uncomfortable in between laughing? Well, or? they. I don't do it so much in comedy clubs. I do it where the audience wants to hear that. Oh, like, okay. Yeah, I do it in, in specific situations. So other people that have lost someone yeah, in yeah. their life? Absolutely, yeah. There's an organization called Soaring Spirits International. They connect widowed people worldwide, all ages, all sexes, uh, same-sex marriage, everything. They're awesome, and they I've met hundreds of widowed people through them. My age, even younger than me, you know, people that have died by suicide, car accidents, you know, soldiers in war, all kinds of stuff. And um, it's just crazy. And so I have all these new friends that have lost their person, too. And they go to this, uh, they have this retreat called Camp Widow, which is a terrible name, but it's an awesome thing. And it's three times a year, San Diego, Toronto, Canada, and uh, Tampa, Florida. And we gather at a Marriott hotel for three or four days, and we do grief workshops, all kinds of seminars, and I'm one of the presenters there. I do it three times a year. I've done it for the past five years. Wow. And I do a 90-minute comedic presentation about grief and loss, and it gets fucking huge laughs it's unbelievable and it's so healing like for them and for me it's amazing have you filmed it 
we filmed parts of it because it, it's the kind of thing you, where you got to be there and it's, it's like for yeah, the people yeah. that are there. So we don't want to really advertise what goes on behind those doors. But we filmed little pieces of it and I've thrown them on my YouTube channel. So uh, the, the thing is when you lose someone close to you, um, you feel like this has never happened to anyone else before. Right. A- everyone gets right. that feeling like... Like you're the only one and it's so isolating. So isolating. Yeah. Um, so h- how did you get through it? Um, that was the first way by meeting other people that have been through it and, be, you know, becoming friends with them. That's been my biggest thing. Comedy, you know, um, doing stuff like these videos, like they really saved me in the beginning because it was I would go home on the days that I met you to do the, a video and go home and just be like, I feel good that day. You know, yeah, I'd be yeah. like, oh, like that was so fun. I want right. to do more of that. Yeah. And it was just fucking awesome, you know, and, and so thank you for for keeping you know, continuing to call me to do them because it really saved me, like, every time we did that. Um, and, yeah, I was fucking sobbing the rest of the day, but, you know, and the rest of the week. But that, for those few hours that we were filming, I was so happy. It was always hard to say goodbye to you because we had a great experience laughing yeah. our ass off, like, holy shit, you're crazy. And yeah. we'd be high-fiving and <laughs> laughing. And then I'd walk you to the subway or whatever. And then saying goodbye always was like, yeah. man, I know she's going back to a really tough place now. And, and I just... Yeah. I. I felt helpless. I like I did what I could. Uh, yeah, but. but you did a lot. You really did. You know, because it was those type of things that really made it made it better. You yeah. know, um, a couple months after he died, uh, the comedy community got together. We did uh, two benefit shows that helped me financially and helped. Uh, you know, to honor his memory. And the, everybody in the comedy community came. It was so awesome. We had Elaine Boozler as our headliner. She's a friend of mine. And we had um, J- uh, Jim Gaffigan came oh, really? by and he did like a cameo. He's like, yeah, I'll do 20 minutes. He had heard that my husband died. And um, he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll come do 20 minutes. So I always, I want to thank him because he, that was so cool of him right. to do because I didn't know he was coming. He yeah. was going to be a part of the show. Um, so that kind of started me on the road of, talking about it on stage and talking about, you know, making dead husband jokes and making jokes about, you know, the stupid comments people make to you when someone dies. And there's just all kinds of humor. It's dark humor, but it's really funny. What, what, what is some of the stuff you hear over and over again? Uh, it was God's plan. Uh, <laughs> really, God's plan was uh, that he died on a cold pet smart floor. As he's petting a kitten. As he's petting a kitten. Thank God is a, it's a, fucking a, shitty a mother plan. effer. Yeah, yeah of what, course. What kind of God is that? That's oh, fucking my, it's God's sick. plan. Oh, God's, it was God's plan. That is yeah. sick. That is sick. You've not heard that? Uh, not that one. Oh, God. It's all the not time. He's in a better place, which pissed me off How because he wasn't you... sick. Right. If he was sick, that's one thing to say that. Right. Like, if he suffered for years and he wasn't sick a day in his life, he was happy. Like, the better place is here with me. Uh, the better place is for the people that, you know, have a horrible illness that takes yeah. forever and you can see their suffering. Then I, yes. Then I can understand that, right. yeah, they're in a better place. Yeah, but, or if they're, like, 90 years old, but you know? But if you're on, <laughs> if you're on Earth... You're young and you're in love. Yeah. That's the better place. That's the better place. Because it's all about love in the end. Oh, absolutely. It's all about absolutely. love in the end. So, like, so my joke about that about that comment, he's in a better place, is always, well, if you think this place is so fucking great, let's pack your bags. I'll help you. And you go there. <laughs> right. You go on a one-way trip to this right. better place right. and give me my fucking husband back. And, and tell me how great it is. Yeah, tell me how awesome it is once you get there. Goodbye. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that is Nuts. Yeah, so um, what's another one? There's so many. A lot of them are God comments, which I hate the most. Um, uh, How about this one? He needed another angel. God needed another uh, angel. Did he? Did he? And, it, and, then, and I, again, it's like he's God. Can't right. he make an angel? Right. Like, leave my husband alone. They make mean, an angel. They mean well, but, They you do. Know. 
what, did you hear this one a lot? Well. Whatever you need? Yeah. Yeah, Whatever and then they need. disappear forever. Then, thank you. Yeah. Like, where are you? Because when my dad died, uh, <laughs> you know, my mom is... Day or night, night or day, whatever you need. Yeah. Call my, me anytime. When my dad died 14 years ago, um, I, I, you know, I talked at the wake and stuff. Yep. And I said that very thing. I'm like, so many of you people have come up to me and said, whatever you need, whatever you need. Now, you know, a lot of people know I have a, a severely mentally ill mom. And my dad was her caretaker and, and believed in her, took care of her, mm. thought any day she's going she's gonna, to, you know, get better. And with him dying, that left a, a major emptiness there. So I go, for all you people. Was his death sudden? I can't remember. Yeah, car accident. Oh, oh God. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, you know. Well, he's in a better place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, a car accident <laughs> outside the house I grew up in, you know, since I was five years old. As he's going to lunch with friends. Yeah, it was a, it was a wonderful thing. But he's in a better place. And it's part of God's plan. Yeah, part <laughs> I, I have a story about that if you want. All right, I got a lot to say. So okay. I'm going to go back to that point. But okay. so so my, um, I, I stood up. I go, look, you're all coming up to me and my brothers and sisters and saying whatever you guys need, whatever you guys need. This is what I want. I said, this is what I want. You all know that my dad took care of my mom, who wasn't at the wake because she was still in the hospital because uh, she was in the car accident too. I said, give her a call. Send her a card. Send flowers. Yeah. Keep in touch. That's all I ask. As all of you are asking me, I'll, whatever you need. It's amazing that you said that, and I bet none of them did it after the first month. Very, very, very few. Yeah. I mean, but, but you know, in all fairness, you, you get caught up in your own life. Of course and you, you do, and, and you that's move understandable. On, but very, very few. So my my point here is, if you're one of those people that says, uh, what you know, whatever you need. Step up and do it. Step up and do it. Step yeah. up and do Follow it. Follow through. Follow through. And also, like, what do you need is a really hard question for somebody who just lost somebody and their whole life is turned upside down. They, I don't know what the fuck I need. I have no fucking clue. When that, when my husband just died, I have no idea what I need. So it's better to offer something specific and then follow through. Like, right. I'm going to come to your house every Wednesday and I'm going to mow your lawn. Or I'm going to bring you food and freeze it in your freezer so you have easy things to make for meals. I'm going to watch your kids. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Is that okay with you? That'd be great. And then do it. Right. Yeah. That's way Perfect. better. Perfect. So um, before my dad died, I had this thing with 11. Yeah. The number 11. I was seeing it all the time. And it was creeping me out, right? Yeah. I, I would just turn my head. The alarm, you know, the alarm clock had 7-11, let's say. I, I, I Billboard with 1-1. One, one. That's it, funny. There's a chapter in my book called 11. And for it's, real? Yeah, and it's a dream that I had about Don. We had an 11 thing, too, but it's based on Spinal Tap, which was his favorite movie. Oh, sure. Spinal yeah. Tap. Yeah. Please go to 11. 11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he used to say that all the time, and, and I have an 11 thing also. You see 11 a lot? I don't see it, but Don, like, says it to me in dreams. Like, he'll quote that movie in dreams, or, like, oh. I'll see it, like, like our washing machine this is a weird example but after he died they got new washing machines and dryers in our apartment building right and the dials went up to 11 instead of 10 and i had a dream that night that he told me oh the dials they go these go to 11 oh wow yeah, so it's so like shit like that and i wrote about that in the book because right. i get all these weird signs i do have to back up yeah uh, I, we have so much to do still um, yeah that's cool um so you know i i've I become a meditator. I meditate a lot, and and there's been a few times that I've been in deep meditation mm -hmm. that I feel my dad's presence. Yeah, and I tell my wife like I can't describe it. Yeah, I, I say this a lot, 
I can't describe it in human terms, but the feeling, I'm like, oh my God, I, did I just visit my dad in some other realm? Yeah. Like, to the point when I get out of meditation, I am absolutely confused by it. Like, what the hell was that? Like, I've had that too. Total love, total peace, yeah. total I'm watching over you, total I'm still around. So when you ask that question, yep. I forgot to mention this. Like, it's happened a few times where I'm like, what? Is that? Is it anything? Is it's it, him. It, I think it's him. You do. I do. I think it's him because I've felt the same type of things, especially over the past couple of years. Once the pain stopped—not right. stopped completely, but lessened because right. it never stops. But um, it's way better now, you know. So I felt. I feel that that thing. It's not, it's unexplainable, like you said. It's just this thing. Like they're here and they're part of yeah. you, and they're. It's like an just, energy. Just tell them to stay out of your bedroom. Right. Stay out of your bedroom. <laughs> Don't watch you, creep. Don't, what the fuck, man? <laughs> yeah, the first time. Have you found an angel up there yet? <laughs> exactly. The first time that my boyfriend was in my bedroom, I have like, a, seriously, it's like a fucking shrine to Don next to my bed. And I never found it creepy because I wasn't with anybody, so it didn't yeah. affect anyone else. Yeah. And it just comforted me at night to like say goodnight to him. And I have our wedding picture there, and I have, you know, his uh, Air Force, you know, he was, in the, he was an Air Force guy so I got the flag and everything of the funeral so I have that there and in framed and and you know it's just comforting and so the first time I was you know in my bedroom with my boyfriend I was like is this fucking creepy to you like that my husband is literally all around us you know so we started calling it a threesome he's like nah it's Uh-oh. just a weird threesome except one guy's I, dead I was gonna jump in no it's not creepy at all <laughs> I kind of like this I like it. <laughs> it's hot <laughs> it's hot so before my dad died I was seeing 11 old yeah right and um I, I actually asked my dad about it. I'm like, I, I, this sounds weird, but, you know, uh, he believed in, like, all sorts of levels of souls. And he mm-hmm. he believed in um, uh, near-death experiences and all this stuff. He wasn't a, a, a believer in organized religion, but he believed in religion in general. He, yep. he thinks, you know, humans just simply bastard, uh, bastardized it. So he was spiritual. He was very spiritual, yeah. which I'm, fi- I'm finally getting in my life. I, I got a ways to go. I'm not going to oversell it. But right. anyway... Saw Eleven a lot, and I go, Dad, what, the, what do you think this is? It, like, I, I don't feel like it's a coincidence, because other people have said, look, it's just that when you see Eleven, you know, because it's in your mind already, every time you see it, like, oh, my God, I'm seeing it all the time, which is a, a logical way to look at it, obviously. And he goes, you know what? He goes, look, you had that really big radio show when um, 9-11 happened. He was just, we were just shooting the shit. You yeah. know? This isn't, like, that deep, but he's like... Maybe it's, you know, the people that died on 9-11 basically saying, don't forget about us when you get back to radio. Because when he died, I I wasn't doing radio. Mm -hmm. This was before all the satellite years. He never never got to hear any of that. And that's when the the career really exploded and we became, you know, nationally known. So he gave me that explanation. I'm like, ah, that's kind of cool, whatever, you know. So he dies right outside my house that I grew up in. And I went to the accident site. And I'm like, man, I, I'm just by myself. You know, I, I parked in our driveway and, I, and I'm looking at just debris everywhere, which was like, holy fuck, you know, just pieces they still didn't pick up. And I'm like, come on, Dad, give me a sign. Because I never really got to say goodbye to him because I was in Boston when he died and I had to drive. I was driving 90 to 100 miles an hour in full oh tears trying to get to the hospital as he was um, Jesus. He was in a coma for a day or so. But in a weird way, I think he held on so he could say goodbye to me and others. Was, yep. Because they're like, this is crazy that he's still alive because he got hit hard. So I'm at the accident site. I'm looking at the debris. I'm like, Dad, just give me a sign, man. I didn't get to say goodbye. What, you know, what, what's up, you know? And I see this, Kelly, this, I see this little piece of paper that I have to this day. It's a little piece of paper. It's like uh, an inch by an inch, maybe an inch and a half by an inch and a half. 
And I see this piece of paper as I'm going through debris, and I, I just turn it over, and it says zero, one, one, exit check. What? To this day, I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? That's crazy. Isn't it crazy? I think it was some kind of coat check. Yeah. You know, here's your yeah, yeah, number, yeah. exit check, whatever. But, but yeah, well, what is the coincidence? What is the odds of that? Right, right. And everyone, I mean, people that are like really religious in my yep. life, they're like, no, that was your dad. And I'm like, well, let's slow down. Right. I'm not, I'm not willing to say that was from my dad. But man, the coincidence and, and the creepiness of that I, uh, to this day haunts me. Yeah. So then the 11 continued happening. My good friend Jay, who lives in LA, well, now he's in Atlanta, but he's moving back to LA. Not that anyone cares, but <laughs> I have to be accurate on my podcast. <laughs> um, he came in for the wake. One of those good people that just shows up. Yes. He doesn't say, do you want me there? He was just there. Just there. One of those type of friends, yep. you know. Yep. We, we all should be so lucky that we have a couple of those people in our life. And, and I mean, it's a couple. always the ones you don't expect that right. that come through right. after a death, and the ones you do expect are fucking nowhere. Right. It's like, well, what, where'd that guy go? Right. Yeah. That so, was like my brother. So you know? we're discussing the eleven thing. He doesn't believe in anything when you die, and we're in the hospital looking at my mom, and we're sort of joking about it because some of the some of the. Um, her numbers had the 11, and we're like almost joking, like, oh, look, there's 11 again. Oh, look, it's, you know, 311, there's 11 again. Because he, he was the one to turn me on to um, Brian Regan, actually. I love him. And Bill Hicks. Like, he loves comedy, this yeah. guy. I met him up in Boston uh, a million years ago. He was almost like the third member of our radio show, but he had a real job and really couldn't, like, quit his job to make no money with us like we were doing at the time. Right. But anyway, uh, still a good friend of mine to this day. So... I'm now driving him back to the airport after he's with me a few days and we're seeing this 11th thing. We're sort of talking about it, but also joking about it because he, you know, he, we always found humor in anything we could. I see smokestacks in the, in the distance. I go, hey, Jay, look, another 11, you know? <laughs> and then I had a serious moment with the guy. I go, what do you think this is? You know? What yeah. Do you, what do you think this is? He goes, I, I don't know. At that moment, Kelly, and I'm telling you the truth, here's another creepy one. Car speeds up out of nowhere we're in the granny lane gets right in front of us he has one of those license plates and it just says it's a clue <gasps> and then takes off I go Jay you saw that right <laughs> it was right after we were talking about this right. and it was weird how the car look I, I'm right. here to say it could be another coincidence I'm not trying to say right. that this hocus pocus going on but this is just weird to me so I want to bring it up Yeah. so we're talking about 11 the car like makes this weird move it's right in front of us it says it's a clue and then takes off I go Jay you saw that right he goes yeah he was creeped out and he doesn't believe in shit right. and then I'm like I gotta make sure excuse me uh, we saw that right I get in the fast lane and now we're trying to catch up with this motherfucker we can't he is officially gone. I can sort of see him, but I can't get to him. And then within a couple minutes, there's no hope that we're ever going to see his license plate again. He's like, dude, what the F? That's amazing. We, That's amazing. We were so creeped out. Yeah. So he's a salesman. He goes to, I think it was St. Louis, and calls me up one day. This is not not uh, much after my dad passing and him going back to his life. He, goes, uh, uh, he calls me Greg. Greg, uh, I'm, I'm doing a sales meeting at this bar. He goes, uh, I had to call you right away. I go, what's up? He goes, the name of the bar is 11. Oh, no way. And I go, and, and I joked with him. I go, no that's my dad fucking with you because, you know, yeah. we talked about what happens after you die with my dad uh, in the hospital. My dad was always in the hospital for this operation, that operation. Jay always was around here and there. 
I go, that's my dad fucking with you. He's like, oh, really, Jay? You don't believe? I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking put something right in front of you. <laughs> right, right. So, that's amazing. And I get stuff like that all the time. You really do. Happening. I do. I do. It's all I told all the stories in the book because there's so many of them now. They just keep happening. Like what? Give me. So a, give I me have a good story. like no. I have no um, choice but to believe it now because it keeps happening. Um, so, well, the title of my book is "My Husband Is Not a Rainbow." And the reason that that's the title is because the first thing that happened wasn't a sign. Because I, I believe that there, there are signs, but I know what the signs are. Like, I don't want some random person telling me that they saw my husband and yeah. that was a sign. So that's, I know what sign he would send. So this girl that worked with him saw a rainbow on the way to the funeral, to his funeral. And she's like, Kelly, I have to tell you this story. It was raining, and then the sun came out, and I was driving to Don's funeral, and I saw a rainbow. It was a miracle. It was it was Don. <laughs> right. It was him. He's a rainbow, Kelly. It's okay. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? He's not a fucking rainbow. You know, so that became this big joke because that's not how my husband would appear. He right. just wouldn't. Like, he was a sarcastic fuck. He would appear as like a, a solo, guitar solo in an Aerosmith song. You know, that was <laughs> right. his favorite band. Right. And um, he loved guitar and played guitar. So I know how he would appear. And so that became this joke. I did it in my stand-up act. I, that's the name of the book. Um, I did a one-act show called My Husband's Not a Rainbow. And it became this thing, and everybody started joking around with me, all my widowed friends and stuff. And every time people saw an actual rainbow, they would take a picture of it, put it on my Facebook page, and say, uh, I saw Dawn in Nevada. No, it's hysterical. Oh, oh they so, turned into a yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah, turned into a joke. And sorry. so it became this, like, this revolution of like, him not being a rainbow, and it became this joke that got huge laughs every time I told the story about him not being a rainbow. So then I started seeing all these signs that were him, and... Um, so, perfect example is like Toronto, Canada is one of the places where Camp Widow is, um, and he loved animals. You know, loved cats and dogs especially, loved them, and animals gravitated to him. So, I don't know if you're aware, but they, when an animal dies, um, or when certain people die, there's a the, the people in animal worlds call it the Rainbow Bridge. It's like it's like animal version of heaven, and it's this thing that they refer to all the time, um, and. So when he died, the people at PetSmart gave me like a plaque that said, you know, he went over the Rainbow Bridge and all this stuff. And so I went to Toronto for Camp Widow and um, we passed this highway and it was called the Dawn Highway in Toronto. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And then we go down the Southern Road and it's like East Dawn Road or something. It was like one sign, literal sign after another, after another, like five, six of them in a row. Dawn Valley, Dawn Highway, Dawn East road and we kept going i was with my friend sarah and we're like let's just keep going and so we went down it was called east dawn road and we went down the road and there was a rainbow bridge like a bridge with a rainbow painted on it and and it was just there and it was there was this plaque thing and it's it was like a park with a rainbow bridge and it said this is the east dawn valley rainbow bridge park or something i forget the name of it and we walked along and it was people walking their dogs like this peaceful place in the middle of Toronto in the Don Valley on East Don Road on the Don Highway and it's a rainbow bridge and I'm oh like this is God. this is where he is this is fucking insane like, right right stuff like that happens all the time like I see his name parts of his name Don Shepherd his middle name was Edward all the time another time I went to Camp Widow this one's just funny 
we used to love The Jerk, the movie. Love it. It's like my favorite movie. And it was his, too, and we used to quote it all the time. And, and we used to, he used to sing that thermos song to me all the sure. time, just out of humor. And you know, I'm picking out a thermos for you. So I went to Camp Widow one time. We're at the some banquet event or something, breakfast, and there's thermoses, like coffee thermoses on every table. And there's like, you know, 50 tables. And I look at them. My friend Janine comes over and she goes, Kelly, look at this thermos. Look at the center of it, what it says. I'm like, okay. So I look at it in little letters. It just says Dawn out of nowhere. So I go to all the other tables. I'm like, do they all say that? And they all said Dawn, 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 Dawn. So I'm like, he's a fucking coffee thermos. So, <laughs> so, so this has become the joke. He's not a yeah. rainbow. He's a coffee thermos. Yeah, he's everything. He's a rainbow bridge. Right. Yeah, he's really in a better place. He, he's now a coffee he's thermos. Like, he's a coffee thermos. So it gets better. So I was wondering, why the fuck does it say Dawn and all this, all these thermoses? That's weird. So I went up to the staff and I said, you know, um, I said these thermoses all say Dawn, and I know this is weird, but is is it okay if I take one, if I buy one from you? Because this is just weird. Because that was my husband's name, and he died. They knew we, what we were there for, the event we were there for, Camp Widow. So the guy said, "Well, I can't really sell it to you because we get them through a company. So let me go ask my manager where we get them, and then you can go on the website and buy one, and it'll say Dawn." So I said, okay. So he goes and asks, and the manager comes out and <laughs> gives me the website. The name of the company is DonEdward.com. Oh, my God. Edward is his middle yeah, yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DonEdward.com is a fucking company in Florida, which is where Camp Widow was, that does, like, restaurant forks, knives, thermoses, all kinds of appliances and stuff right. for restaurants and events. And they have trucks everywhere. So I started seeing the Don Edward truck everywhere. I was like, this is fucking weird. And he loved, you know, singing that song to me. So I'm like, all right, I guess he's trying to make me laugh. I don't know. Yeah, of course. Like, it's just stupid shit like that. But it's, like, so obvious. And it's, like, his name, pieces of his name. And there's ten other examples. I mean, it goes on and on. I've written about all of them in my book. Yeah, not, and uh, how do they get the book? Uh, it's on Amazon. It's actually a best. It's on the bestseller. I list. know it's doing well under the grief category. It's on the bestseller list. It's on uh, in the. Yeah, top but what's five. the competition? I'm, the, I'm just no. kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> no, just the kidding. competition is like Tuesdays with Maury. Well, that's the, Cheryl Sandberg, Option B. I mean, I'm in with some serious people. I'm sure that was just an all-out joke. Because you're Cause a fucking I, asshole. Because I know the book's doing well. But that's a tough category. It is a tough category, but there's actually some good competition. But it should be in the comedy section too. Because it's it, in all of them. Oh, it's okay, in the good. humor section. Hello. Hey, Don's back as a little kid. <laughs> He's a kid. It's the grief category. It's in the humor. But you just go on Amazon. And hi, hi. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you just go. You go on Amazon and uh, search. My husband is not a rainbow. Right. And you'll find it. No. It's also on Kindle on Amazon. All so right, good. You can. It's a really big book. When you see it, you'll laugh. It's six hundred pages. It's like a fucking brick. Here's the important part. You're trying to get your plug in, and I'm more interested yeah. than the toddler that is <laughs> interrupting our podcast. <laughs> Exactly. The one important reason I'm here, damn it. No, because no, I, I was thinking he was going to say, hi, I'm hi. Don. That, ah! would have, that would have been amazing. Uh, then I would be f- yeah. a, a complete believer. Amazing. right? Um, and shit like that's happened, too, now that I have a, a man. Um, w- there's been so many instances where he and I will be together somewhere, and somebody, his name's Nick, and somebody will mistake him. For Don, like somebody will call him Don, and they'll be like, "No, my name's Nick," and they'll be like, "Oh, sorry." Wait, for complete strangers? Yes, t- 
totally, all the time. It happened with an with a paramedic one time that we, we. I was in the hospital last year. I had some random liver thing. It got better. I still don't know what it was, but it was like it was this random thing. And so Nick was with me. We were in the ER, and this paramedic went by, and some a nurse was following the paramedic and and saying Don Don, calling the paramedic, and he's like, "My name's Nick. I keep telling you, my name's Nick." And, and we saw that. We were like, what the fuck was that? Like, stuff like that happens all the time. And he's cool with the fact that, you know. That he is amazing. He's like the perfect person for me because he's been through loss, tons of loss of his own. He hasn't lost a partner, but he lost both parents um, separately. And he lost a sister very young. She was like 33 when she died. She had multiple heart conditions and right. surgeries. And she finally lost her battle at 33 so he understands loss he even came to camp widow with me and met my whole community of friends and he thought it was the greatest thing and well well that's good that's good i yeah. i did ask that for a reason because you know my my dad lost um two sons and a very young wife we've talked about this yeah. in between making everyone laugh on our viral videos <laughs> we would have these deep conversations but um, and then he married my mom and had six kids. Yeah, she was. She was never cool with the fact that he was married before, and that his uh, young wife, his high school sweetheart, died. Really? Like we, we were not. We just knew not to ask any questions about wow. my my dad's first wife and his life before my mom. She was not okay with it. Wow. And um, I, I always found that you know kind of tragic because yeah, you know I, I, I mean because I'm sure he would. He would want to talk about it in some way yeah. with my mom, who he, he now was in love with at the yes. time. Yes, yeah, and I can, I'm free to talk about it all the time. And Nick believes what I believe, which is that Don brought me to him in some way, you know, and that he's a part of everything. He's a part of our life. And he said that to me, uh, you know, like a month after we met. He said, you know, I know that you're always going to love Don. He died. You didn't divorce him. He died. And so, of course, you're going to love him forever. And, you know, he's a part of our story now. He's a part of us. So I... That was it right there for me. I was like, you're the, you're my guy. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. It, it's funny you say that, too, because um, when my dad died, uh, I was grieving, and we were doing these kind of promotions because we were just going to satellite radio, but we weren't allowed to do a show yet. So we were kind of just, we went to a, a bunch of cities that were really uh, popular in just to get the hype going. And um, the first stop was Philly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, XM at the time, they were so cool to, like, Hope you don't have to go. Aunt can handle it, and we'll handle it. Whatever. And I, I, I was grieving so bad. I'm like, you know what? It's not a bad thing to get the fuck out of here. Go down to Philly, see some faces, maybe have a couple beers, you know. And all I remember was I was at Dave and Buster's down there in Philly. We had, you know, we went on mic, fooled around a little bit, and then there was a long line. We were signing pictures, taking pictures, and people were just dumping cards in front of me. Not a lot, but I probably walked away with. I probably walked away with. A dozen or so. Yeah. Uh, sorry for your loss. Yeah, I know how much you, you you cared about your dad and how much he loved you and the show because he, he called a couple times in the old days. And um, I, I, you know, I just want to get the signing over with and go back to New York. And I'm at the bar, just kind of hanging out, waiting because we're packing up to go. And there's my now wife. She, I've seen this gorgeous girl just staring my way and the old joke but I really did this I looked behind me like who the fuck is she looking at right, right. there's no way she's looking at me I was way out of my league and long story short I was not looking for anybody I was grieving yep. I just wanted to get back to New York I was single you know at the time and uh, all of a sudden I'm like oh my god I gotta 
what the, I got to stay here. Like, what? I got to stay here? Like, I was dating, so why was this different than maybe just, right. you know, seeing some other person in New York and, you know, trying to, you know, uh, get to know somebody? But I was like, there was something about it. Yep. And I ended up staying, and we ended up talking for the rest of the night, went home, um, the next day, I even was like, "Oh, I'm staying in Philly tonight." I had no plan of staying in Philly. Um, I got a hotel room, um, <laughs> making she, up excuses. Yeah, to but stay. I was like, "No, I'm, I'm no, I'm staying the night because I just wanted to spend as much time with her as I could, and yeah. then maybe see her the next day." She went after the night. She actually went off with her friends, and that was that was it. She called, you know, she called me in the morning, and I. I went back to uh, the city, and the rest is history. <laughs> and a lot of people close to us say, that that was your dad setting you up. I'm like, yeah. come on. Yeah, yeah. But it happened in the strangest place. Yeah. I wasn't looking for love at that right. point. I, I just want to, you know, cry and get through the grieving, you know, yeah. process. Yeah, That's Death is a weird thing, It's man. a fucking weird thing. It is. It's I, a really weird thing. Kelly, I'll tell you this. I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah. Probably about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, you have yeah. light back in your eyes. Yeah, I do. You have I do. light back in your eyes. I love that we did this. It's because of what you said before. Love is everything. And I have love again. And I have the feeling, this profound feeling that my husband, who died, is still here right. in some way. And he's a part of my life all, all the time. Right. And I have love here on earth. So well, what could be better than that? That's awesome. Uh, a, f- a couple weeks ago, uh, on Father's Day, someone reached out to me, wished me a, uh, a very happy Father's Day, and said... You get me through, you know, some tough times. Yeah. Me and my wife lost a baby. Yeah. And I didn't know what to say to this guy. And, you know, I, just, I said some whatever I could, like, yep. hang in there and all that. Um, but it, I, I've been thinking about that couple off and on for the last couple of weeks. And it brought me back to something with my dad that I don't know might help people. Like, my dad lost his high school sweetheart. I think she was 20. Like I said, we don't know much about her. Right. I barely know her name. Uh she, Trudy, true. Oh, my sister's gonna kill me because <laughs> it's my sister's mom. I'm a, a ha- technically a half sister. She's my sister, but she's six years older than me, and that's uh, her mom. Trudy. Oh, she's gonna <laughs> fucking call me. Anyway, but this is what I mean. We don't know much about it. But, Allegedly. But um, she had like a, a rare kidney disease. Died mm. at 26 years old. If she was alive today, she wouldn't die from this. By the way, um, and he lost two kids that were less than a year old. That's all I know. I should have two older brothers. So he lost two kids. Wow. And his high school sweetheart, young. Yeah. Right? How do you go on with your life, right? right? I I used to talk to him about it when we could get away and talk about some deep shit like the afterlife yeah. and souls and yep. man, the stuff he believed in was awesome. Um, and I would ask him about his, you know, his ex and stuff like that. Dad, what, you know, how, how do you... He goes, I look at that like I lived two lives. Yeah. He goes, I had to go through all that to get to where I am today. I have six kids. He was in love with my mom to the day he died. And he's like, I look at it as two different lives because if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't have this. And I can't imagine not having what I have today. Yeah. And I could honestly say a guy, like I said, lost two kids, uh, a wife at a very early age. When he died, he died a happy man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's deep. That's profound. And it's, I think when you go through loss like that, like to that extent, or you lose a spouse or kids or something that close, you have to change. Like it changes you forever. Death changes you forever. Ultimately, I believe that it's up to you how you change. So it sounds like your dad changed in a healthy way. Yeah. You know, from that loss. And he was able to make something of it. I hate to put it that way, but you know, he was able to 
give it purpose. Right. You know, like, I don't believe that, like, my husband died for a reason. I'll never believe that. He died because his fucking heart stopped. That's it. But I don't think it's any deeper than that, you know? Um, He was a walking time bomb, and he had no idea. So he died. Um, But I believe that I I had to make purpose out of it in order to survive, you know? And you can either do that, or you can sit in a corner and, you know not live and just exist and so at some point you have to make that choice and it is your choice right you know that's what i think so what do you what do you tell the people that uh you know are going through a loss right now and feel completely helpless yeah completely in the dark um (laughs) i know this is gonna sound like a fucking sales pitch but please get my book because it will validate you it will validate all those thoughts um because i write it from a completely brutally honest place it's really dark in the beginning and then it's hopeful at the end and so hang in there um Find other people that are going through what you're going through or something similar. Find your tribe because that's going to help you like nothing else. And find some passions, something, something to whether it's painting or sitting by the lake. I found a lot of comfort in nature, just being around nature, being around beautiful things. Um, It's a lot, you know, you're still going to have the pain, but it's a lot better to have that pain and see a beautiful sunset than to sit in your room in in a corner in the dark. So um, things like that. Find some friends that get it and drop the ones that don't, the ones that tell you to get over it, move on, stop talking about that person. Drop those people. Drop them. That's what I did. I said, you know what? I'm going to move on from you, from this friendship, because it's toxic. And stop telling me to get over it, because it's never going to happen. He's a part of my life. He's part of my life forever. And I believe that for whether it's your father, your brother, your best friend, your husband, whoever you lose, they're a part of you forever. Right. You know, Um, that's just what I believe. And I think as a society, we're taught the opposite. And I think that's really harmful. Like, we're taught to, to get over it. Yeah. You know, you go to the funeral, you get over it, and you move on. And I think that's so wrong. Because most people don't want to deal with it. Right. They're like, so, so uncomfortable. Because you're making them uncomfortable, right. you're making them sad. So right. you just, they just want you to move on. Yeah. Although, but that's not a thing. It's although, not possible. Although I have. You move with. You move with that person. That person stays with you. I, that's what I call it. I move with them, and he moves with me. Right. You know, like I don't move on from him. To me, that means he's behind me, like some abusive ex-boyfriend. No, like I'm proud of my love for him. I love him forever. He changed my life. His love changed my life, and his death changed my life. Right. So I'm not going to pretend it didn't happen. That's awesome. You know, it, it it's made me a more compassionate person, a more empathetic person. Um, my life now has a totally different purpose. Before he died, I you know I wanted to be funny and. And maybe have a sitcom or write for SNL or something like that. I still want to do those things, but it's so much deeper now. Like now I get so much healing and pleasure from people coming up to me after Camp Widow or an event like that and saying, that's the first time I've laughed since my wife died. Wow. Like that's, that's where I get my chills and right. my like, this is awesome. This is why I'm alive. Right on. You know, so it's like talking like- about death makes me feel alive, if that makes any sense. It's like it's become my thing your purpose in a yeah. weird way yeah to help other people through it and to, through comedy through my writing through speaking engagements i did a ted talk last year also that got really popular it's called uh, when someone you love dies there's no such thing as moving on um just look just go on youtube and look under ted talk kelly lynn and you'll find it it's so got very popular so don died petting kittens <laughs> so you kelly lynn could find your purpose yeah that makes sense not so i could find my purpose he died because he died i had to make purpose i'm joking i'm joking <laughs> i'm just trying to find don would appreciate it. He's, he would he's the little kid that would walked it be by funny if there was a fucking rainbow here no, while we were it talking? Wouldn't. I'd be creeped would you be creeped out? out and then under it 11 no i would run away <laughs> so the name of the book once again 
My husband is not a rainbow on Amazon and Kindle on Amazon. And uh, on Twitter, promote everything. Kelly Kelly is Kelly Kelly. on Twitter, on Vine. I never use Vine, though, because I'm still still bitter about it. And Vine sort of went away, but they're trying to bring it back. I'm still bitter about McFarlane, so I don't use Vine, uh, since that's where it went viral. Uh, Instagram and Twitter, Kelly is Kelly. Uh, Kelly Lynn on Facebook. Beautiful. And the YouTube channel? The YouTube channel is Kelly Lynn... Sorry, kellyfunnylady.com. I hardly ever use it anymore, so... Yeah. Yeah, you're waiting for me. That's not a good thing to say. You're waiting waiting for for me. Yeah, we need to do more stuff. We can, like, change the direction a little bit. Absolutely. Well, do something different that's not, you know. I know. Now that people know that that we work together, the big secret is out. My point is, though, even though, like, people do know, they're still great. They're still great. Because, like I said, I wasn't trying to trick people into thinking it was real, but I didn't right. want to tell them it was not real. Right. Because it keeps the conversation going. And it works to this day. It does. Because we were always making fun of pretty topical things. And even if we still did those type of videos, it's only that community that knows that, like, you know, the people that listen to the radio show and yeah. all that, that's the only people that know. People yeah. on YouTube have no idea. No, not at like, all. Like, just regular people watching that. Yeah, they have no clue. All. Well, Kelly Lynn, <laughs> it was awesome to see you again. I finally caught my breath, by the way. I noticed. An hour and a half later. Will you take care of yourself? I'm trying. All I right. told you. I lost weight. I got the A1C down. I'm working on it. My friend Kelly Lynn, she is very funny. And, and uh, less fat. And less fat. Now with less fat. Now with less fat. <laughs> take it away, Joey. Coming up next. <laughs> okay. This was uh, this was deep, right, Joey? You're killing me. Who the hell's Joey? Uh, he's going to talk now. Even, and we don't know what he said because we taped this. It's, it's like, you lost your mind? It's Joey. <laughs> no, Joey. This is Joey. All right. <sighs> I'm Joey, and I assure you that I am alive and well at the time of this recording. Big thanks to Kelly Lynn for making the extra effort to take a short walk over to a park bench with Greg so she could plug her book or battle late great husband and hopefully sell enough copies to get out of her mom's place. We're going to leave a few links in our description area for this episode. Seriously, my condolences to Nick, who now lives in the shadow of a ghost and most likely sleeps with him as well. Maybe like Bruce Willis in The Sixth Sense, Don needs M. Night Shyamalan and Haley to tell him to move the F on. I see dead people. No, really, you're an amazing soul, Kelly, and obviously a loving person. And Kelly Lynn? Westwood One apologizes on behalf of Opie for trying to upstage your moment in the sun by anticipating a toddler as his second guest for this episode. (laughs) Opie fans, buy Kelly's book. Make sure you rate this podcast five stars, stop by opiradio.com, and next time you pet a cat in Petco, remember Don. Hashtag never forget. This has been a very special episode of Opie Radio. Leaving you on an up note at EB Guitar Man.
Westwood One Podcast Network. Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. This week on Westwood One's Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon, Run DMC's Daryl McDaniel details his struggles with mental health. Also, for the love of metal, it is D. Snyder of Twisted Sister, and we round it out with Denny Sywell, drummer for Paul McCartney and Wayne. Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Download and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Westwood One Podcast app. Free from the Westwood One Podcast Network. <laughs>